There were times I was lost, dark had fear Couldn't see through the rain, in the end it was clear Hit the fan, I was more than one man Who was there to lend a hand, together we'd stand Always had my back, my guardian soldier Team pulled together, you know the weak cold cup Blessed is he who in the name of charity Carry me when I'm weak, straight to the valley of darkness Pitch blackness, the heartless Regardless, fear couldn't part us Thick and thin, there by my side At times we collide, but in the end we ride and thin, there by my side At times we collide, but in the end we ride We ride, 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 ride Welcome to episode 8 of the Mental Fomoto podcast. I'm your host, Pete Wolf. Uh, I'm absolutely stoked to bring you today's guest, a legend of Aussie women's motocross, Maddie Brown. This is our first of what I hope will be many Inside the Helmet feature episodes. Uh, through the Inside the Helmet format, we aim to bring you interviews with past and present riders, from up-and-comers, privateers, through to champions of the sport, uh, to give them a platform to share their stories and opinions and to give you listeners an opportunity to get to know them better. Before we begin, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Death Grip Products, Works Racing and Wolf Building Compliance for their support. Please keep an eye out on our socials too, as we have a fresh range of new merch dropping soon. Your support will help me to keep the mental Fomoto dream alive. All right, without further ado, let's get to this episode's guest, Maddie Brown. Maddie is the self-titled vet of the WMX class and boasts a pretty impressive career resume. On top of many state and regional titles, Maddie is a three-time Aussie Women's MX champion. She has previously competed overseas in New Zealand, as well as racing several rounds of the FIM Women's World Motocross Championship. Her best results there include a third place overall in France in 2015. That same year, Maddie finished ninth overall in the World Championship despite only racing three of the seven rounds. Heading into round two of the Penrite Pro MX Championship this weekend, Maddie currently sits fourth in the WMX class. Hi, Maddie. Uh, welcome to the podcast. No, thank you for having me on. Really appreciate it. No, it's race week, so uh, I appreciate that you're busy and uh, and thanks for taking the time. Um, we've got the, the Pro MX event in Gilman, South Australia, coming up this weekend, which is round two for the WMX class. How's your, your 2023 national campaign and race prep going so far? Uh, yeah, I'd say it's going... Uh, pretty good. I've had a few races under my belt after the first round. Um, the women were at round one, it went saggy. So unfortunately, we we all know what happened there. So we just got the one moto in and yeah, we didn't quite get to finish up the day. But yeah, I've had a few state rounds and some club races and regionals and whatnot and just yeah, getting on the bike as much as I can. So looking forward to go this weekend. Yeah, there's a fairly big break between rounds for the women. Like you just mentioned, it's been uh, 10 weeks since the, the first WMX event uh, this year at Thaggy. What do you sort of do in the interim to keep yourself uh, fit and race ready? You know, trying to get as many gate drops in as possible, you know, gym and cycling and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm itching to go now. It feels like it's been forever. So, but yeah, just trying to, you know, it's actually worked out pretty good for me, actually. Um, I did need a bit more bike time after round one. So yep. 
Yeah, I'm roaring to go now. It feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, awesome. Is um is Gilman a track that you generally gel with? I think so. Yeah, I've I've only ridden it last year for the first time, and I really enjoyed it. Um, it fluffed up really good, and yeah, it was sandy from memory. So, yeah, I'm pretty keen to get out on track and the jumps and everything were all good. So. Oh, yeah. Cool. Um, you've been racing at a professional level for over a decade, is that right? Yeah. Uh, I guess you'd call it professional level. Um, yep. I've been racing. I, I guess you'd say I'm a veteran of the women's class now. I'm, I'm 28 now and going on 29 in late November. So had a good hard track at it over the years. Yeah. How do you feel about the, the calibre of the current women's class and um, women's motocross in Australia generally? Oh, it's awesome, especially... Um, as of late, you know, with the likes of Charlie Cannon and Taylor McCutcheon and those up-and-comers coming through, it's good for us Australian girls. You know, we had like Megan Rutledge and Jess Moore and they're sort of, you know, wouldn't say retired but don't really race now. So, yeah, it's great to have the up-and-comers come through and sort of push me along. It definitely keeps me on my toes, that's for sure. But I'm all for it. I reckon it's great and... Yeah, Charlie's doing good things over in Europe at the moment, so I reckon it's good. Yeah, I usually uh, race the vets class at the Gippies on the Saturday, um, and there's at least three or four junior girls who are super fast racing that series uh, that I think have the potential to make it to the elite level. Do you ever do any coaching work or or work with any of the younger girls coming up in the sport? Yeah, um, I have helped out with coaching, um, and I'm happy to help out on race days with, like I said, the girls at the Gippies and stuff, they've come out and asked me, hey, what do you think about this and that? And I'm all for that. But people say, why don't you do coaching? But honestly, you know, I work full time. I've, I've got racing and stuff. And I um, I don't know, like I just haven't really got around to, you know, sort of making a business out of it like some other people do. But don't get me wrong, like I'm more than happy to help out and give pointers where I can, that's for sure. Oh, you've definitely got a lot on your plate anyway. Yeah, definitely keeping busy. Um, motocross is certainly a less common pathway when it comes to girls taking up ace board as kids. Um, how and when did you get started in, in motocross? Yeah, so um, basically my dad raced when he was younger and growing up we've always had dirt bikes, I suppose. Like I, I did give other sports a go, like netball. And yeah, I just remember one day that I had a, a netball grand final and I also had a local race down at Nanawadding and it was on the same morning yeah. and I, I had to race. Oh, sorry, I, I think I played the first three quarters of the netball and I missed out on practice and went straight into race one. I had a KX60 yep. and after, after that weekend, it was really chaotic and I was like uh, eight or nine years old and Dad's like, you just want to race now, don't you? And I was like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so from the... Then on, it was just dirt bikes, so um, it just progressed from there, really. And yep. Do your siblings, because you've got a, I think, a couple of brothers and a sister. Is that right? Do they did they race as well? Yeah. So I've got an older sister, an older brother, and I'm actually a twin. I've got a twin brother as well. So yep. Um, yeah, we all raced. Um, my sister did a few races here and there, but she sort of just grew out of it and just supported along the way and. Um, it's mainly just been, yeah, myself and my two brothers racing. And then for a little bit there, um, it was just my twin brother and myself racing and he had a few injuries. So it was just myself there for a little bit, but my older brother's starting to get back into it. So it's good. Yeah, is that Harley? 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, Harley, yeah, he's getting back into it. It's actually really good because I think he had like nearly 10 years off and it's actually like added fuel to the fire for me. Like it just, you see how keen and excited he is and don't get me wrong, like I love the sport, but when you've been doing it for as long as I have, you sort of just like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's a bit refreshing. He's yep. sort of, yeah, he's pushing me along, so it's, it's really good. Oh, that's so cool. Um, as a kid, was it always your dream to pursue it to an elite level or, or did that just sort of happen naturally? I wouldn't say it really happened naturally. Like I've, I've always really loved dirt bikes and I, I did watch like the GPs, like, you know, I heard of like Catherine Prime and, and then you um, hear of like Livia Lancelot and you start watching all these um, women's motocross races on the tally and then you're like, oh, wow, that would be cool to do that one day. And then, um, yeah, I was like, let's go for it. So <laughs> um, I guess, you know, it's just nature of wanting to, you know, keep pushing and get the best out of yourself. And I guess that's just really what happened. And, yeah. Yeah. So what do you think it is about motocross in particular that um, that appeals to you? Oh, you know, it's just everything. Um, you know, even if I just rode on the weekends, like I'll always have a dirt bike, but racing, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. You know, you put blood, sweat and tears into it and, and it's been my whole life, like literally, yeah, you know, just when that gate drops, you just never know and <laughs> it's exciting and it pays off. It's rewarding when you do get the results and then when you don't get the results, it's like, okay, well, let's go back to the drawing board and let's try again. Yep. And I feel like um, you learn so much just from the sport. Like, sounds weird and stupid, but I feel like um, it's really evolved me as a person. I've been through, you know, from dark times and I've been through some happy times through the sport. So, um, yeah, as well as it, it's just awesome fun. It's an adrenaline rush and, um, and it's a family sport as well. So, yeah, I really enjoy it. No, I, I totally agree, and um, yeah, I've, I've gone through all the, the same things, and I think most riders sort of have. Yeah, absolutely. You, you're obviously still winning races and, and consistently battling for podiums, um, but for a number of years, I think in 2014, 15, and 17, you went on a real run uh, winning three WMX national titles in the span of four years. Uh, what was that like, going on such a tear? Yeah, no, that was really good. Um, yeah, at, at, like you just mentioned, it's getting harder and harder, but... Um, I don't know, I guess I was going on a bit of a flow there. I was in my early 20s and just <laughs> living and breathing it, really. Um, I almost nearly did win in 2016, but unfortunately <laughs> I backed off at Coolum on the start line and <laughs> that was a tough pill to follow. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It was just, yeah, it was definitely a highlight of my career, that's for sure. Yep. Did you did you get to enjoy it in the moment or is it like a, a bit of a pressure cooker situation or it's, um yeah, you're just sort of having fun as you go? No, I literally, I did get to enjoy it. Um, yeah, I literally just take it as it comes. Like 2015 was probably the best year yet. Um, I went over to Europe for the first time and that was my first time ever overseas as well. So um, I was just like, yeah, taking it as it came and then, I uh, actually got on the podium and then like got on the podium in Australia and it just felt like a snowball effect. So yeah. I definitely got to enjoy it. I, at the same time, I was like, wow, is this actually happening? But yeah, no, it was good times, that's for sure. Yeah, you were, I think you were racing uh, a Yamaha over those years. Were you racing for a team? Yeah, so I was Yamaha for 10 plus years um, and very fortunate enough to be on a few teams over in Europe. So I started on Tip Top Yamaha 
Yep. It was a French team. And then the following few years, I was with JK Yamaha, which is actually the same team that Charlie Cannon's on to this year. So they're an Italian-based team. Yep. And, yeah, uh, in 2020, I went over just before COVID and I went on a English team called Rob Hooper Racing. So, yeah, it's um, definitely helped out a lot because, you know, you come from so far. So really appreciative of those times with those teams. Yeah, it's been good. Has women's motocross in Australia changed much uh, since you won your championships? And, um, like, what sort of other changes have you seen in the industry throughout your career? At the moment, I'm really liking the fact that we're actually getting more TV time, especially with the pro MX. The more social media and stuff like that it has picked up a lot for the women's motocross, which is great to see. And, you know, we're starting to get, obviously, I can understand we're not going to get the full eight or ten round championship, but it's good to see that we're getting, you know, more than three rounds, we're getting four rounds, um, and it's good that, you know, I feel like we're getting more numbers, which is good. So, yeah, definitely picking up, that's for sure. Oh, that's cool. I think there's a um, a real misconception throughout a lot of the general motocross community, uh, especially anyone that doesn't follow it that closely, that all the riders who line up at the to race the pro nationals are making tens or even hundreds of thousands of dollars to to line up. One of the things I've learned yeah. since starting the podcast and, and talking to both privateers and team supported riders is just how hard it is to even scratch out a modest income um, out of motocross racing in Australia, unless you're consistently sort of finishing in the top five in MX1 or MX2 and, and riding for a factory team. I'd say it's almost impossible without having a day job. Um, what sort of support do you get now? And, and is it challenging to put together a program that allows you to race the, the Pro Max series, even um, the four rounds? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you hit the nail on the head there, that's for sure. Um, so to be honest, the last since COVID really, I've, I've lost a lot of support. Um, and that's why I basically I work full time. But yeah, luckily enough, I, I do ride under Yurid Konsky for the Ride Red program. And I, and I get a bit of support there, but I am doing a lot of it off my own back as yep. well. And it does make it very hard. And, and I do believe that does show in my results, especially the last few years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but don't get me wrong, I, ha- I have had a pretty good run the last 10 years. Like, I, I literally cannot complain. Like, I've been doing it pretty good. I wouldn't say comfortably, but I've, I've been... I've been doing it pretty good the last few years, so I can't really complain. And and like I said, I'm I'm and the veteran of the class. Now I'm 28, so priorities have sort of changed a little bit. Um, I do sort of I, I do need a job to to basically live yep. these days. And yeah, I'm an adult, so I understand <laughs> that. <laughs> you know, these things. You know, we have to do these things. So and yeah, unfortunately for women's motocross, you're not going to make a living out of it. I even, you know, like you said, it's hard for even the top five MX1 guys to make a living out of it. So, yeah, but, you know, luckily I love it and I do have some great sponsors that help chip in. But, yeah, at the end of the day, I still get to race my dirt bike. So that's what we're there for and, yeah, it's good fun. Uh, You've got your priorities right. Motocross first and then uh, other life responsibilities come second, definitely. Yeah, that's it. When you're not racing against the women, you'll uh, often race the MX2 um, A-Class at a lot of the state and regional events against some of the best male riders in the country. What are some of the pros and cons of, of racing against the men? I have raced a couple of nationals in the MX2 class. It's been a few years now, but for the state titles and the regionals, I'll, I'll race against the boys. Just, you know, mainly for a bit more competition, um, yep. rough you up a bit. 
yeah, just makes you a better rider and, and just more race time. Like, especially like since Monsaggy, I've, I've been trying to get as many, as many gate drops as possible. So yeah, I, I believe it makes you, especially in the women's, the women's category, it does make you a bit more stronger and definitely wrap you up because they don't like it if a, if a chick goes flying past them. <laughs> <laughs> we sort of touched on it already, but, um, in your case, motocross has given you the opportunity to have some amazing experiences in other countries, including racing the FIM Women's World Motocross Championship in Europe. Tell me a bit more about what that was like. Oh, it was just amazing. <laughs> like I said, um, 2015 was the first time I went over there and I, I didn't have any expectations at all. We were there for six weeks. I flew over with my mum and dad Yep. and it was three races back to back and then a two-week break and then the last round. I think I got fourth in England and then I ended up on the podium third in France and then I think I was a fourth in Germany so that was the best year yet and then the following year I went over and the 27 hours with JK Yamaha so yeah it was just an amazing experience and I'm, I'm really grateful that I got to go over there and experience that and race the best of the best yep. um, and it's something that I'll always cherish forever and yeah yeah it's, I just love the fact that it, we've got Charlie Cannon. I'm sure a lot of other girls are going to get up there one day. So I'm, um, yeah, fully loving that us Aussie girls are giving it to them. And oh, definitely, yeah. When it comes to, to what you're allowed to do to the bikes and, and engines and chassis and, and things like that in Europe, I think they're a bit more generous. What was the bike that you raced over there like? And, and was it much different to the bike you race here in Australia? Yeah, so um, I took my suspension over just because I was already valved and set up from cruise train. Yep. Um, I was comfortable over there. But again, in saying that, the tracks are just so different to Australia. Um, like Australia is very flat compared to Europe. So when you go over there and you've got, you know, massive downhills and off campers and then, you know, you've also got like, ticket fences as well in the track it's it's full on but um the bikes over there I got help through Yamaha so I basically just ran them stock with my suspension so yeah I was pretty comfortable on them so yeah it wasn't a major dramatic deal but yeah the bikes over there and the pit setups and the paddock and all that it's awesome it's totally different to Australia that's for sure so if you ever get the chance to head over I highly recommend it it's definitely an eye opener that's for sure uh, it's definitely on my bucket list i was born in germany so um i'd love to get over there i'd even love to go see the um the wsx event this year in dusseldorf that's wow where I was born, there you so, go yeah wow still, no awesome still got family over there so um yeah got a few opportunities definitely recommend it do the women in the world championship race on the same weekends and tracks as the mxgp guys or is it a separate event no, no, so yeah, we raced um, the same weekend, so from memory, back when I was doing it, you got the practice and qualifying in on the Saturday morning, the same day as when the MXGP and MX2 riders have their quali races, Yep. and then about 3.30 in the afternoon, you'll have your Moto 1, and then you pack up for the day, and then on the Sunday, you're usually first thing out in the morning for Moto 2, and then you're done for the day, and you basically get to... You know, enjoy the atmosphere and and watch the MXGP and MX2 do their motos. So, but yeah, um, all in the same weekend. So the yep. tracks do get pretty gnarly, and yeah, yeah, they're pretty notorious for it. Um, how does how do the tracks elevation and stuff like that aside? How do they compare to um, what we have here on a national level, and how rough they get? You know, by the end of the weekend, definitely made me a stronger rider. That's for sure. Um, 
They definitely do rough up a lot more gnarlier, obviously, than the Australian track. I, from memory, I did have to deal with a lot of wet um, mud because we were always <laughs> out, first thing out. So I'm, I guess I'm sort of just used to that and being Victorian as well. We're always, you know, always raining here. It's a winter sport. Yeah, but yeah. It is different to Australia. I'm just trying to think, you know, it's been that yeah, long yeah. since it roughed up. But, yeah, I just remember we're always first out and just, you know, sliding along. So. <laughs> do, they rip them, <laughs> do they rip them super deep or is it just sort of more natural terrain? They do rip it, but they don't rip it like some certain tracks in Australia. I don't yep. want to diss any tracks at all. <laughs> but no, they do rip it, but they do know how to prep a track properly. That's, yeah. that's what I'll say. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very diplomatic, yep. Um, <laughs> earlier this year, I believe you also made the trek over to the US to check out and uh, ride some of the more renowned US national tracks. What was that like? Yes, it was just a bucket list thing. Saved up some money um, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go to America and do this before I can't ride a dirt bike anymore. So um, went over there with MX Dreams California and, yeah, I had the best time of my life. It was basically, um, I'm going to be honest with you, it was 50 riding, 50 having a good time. So, <laughs> yeah, and I met a bunch of lads over there. And, yeah, it was the best time ever. And the tracks over there, yeah, it was so cool. Um, I think, you know, my favourite one would have been uh, Glen Helen for sure. But I did like Cahilla Creek and Fox Raceway and stuff. So, yep. yeah, that was pretty good. And then, yeah, come here to Australia and got to ride our great tracks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so no. you went with, um, I think you said, is it California MX Dreams or something like that? Yeah, MX Dreams California. Yeah. So do, do they organise the the bike and logistics and, and everything like that, or or sort of how does that work? Yeah. So um, he literally has a bike. I think he has like eight to ten bikes. He's got Hondas, KTM's, Yamahas, um, and you basically just he has a van and a trailer, and you just stay at his. He's got like a an accommodation, like a house. Yep. Um, and, yeah, you just stay there and, you know, get up in the morning, he chauffeurs you to the track. He has all the track fees, the fuels, the parts, everything you need on the day and then um, washes everything for you. Then you literally, you know, just go out for dinner and then you go back out again the next day. So, yeah, everything was set up really, really great. Um, and, yeah, I highly recommend it if you ever get the chance. And then I also got to watch the Supercross over there, San Diego as well. So that was pretty cool and yeah, very highly recommend it. Uh, you're definitely ticking things off the uh, the bucket list. The um, the clips and pics you posted to social media sure made it look like a, a hell of a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I had the best time ever. I'm definitely um, keen to get back there. I'm actually, you know, thinking about getting back there, hopefully at the end of the year, but we'll see about that. I've got, you know, a lot of things happening at the moment, so we'll yep. just see what happens. Going back to the, the Supercross, in terms of the atmosphere, the crowds, the racing and, and the entertainment value, how did it compare to the, like, the OSX Open and the WSX events we've had here in Australia? Yeah, um, I think the WSX is doing really well here in Australia. I feel like the show was sort of the same sort of vibe as America, the way they ran it and the fireworks and just how the whole format is. So I think um, Australia is doing good things there. And, yeah, it was just really cool to see anyway for the in the US just to see how it was. Like, I've only ever seen it on TV, so yeah. it was cool to um, see how it all went. But, yeah, I, I reckon Australia is doing good things. 
um, and yeah, I'm all for it. And um, finally, while we're on the topic of Supercross, uh, I know you've done pretty well racing arena cross and, and I saw some clips of you absolutely slaying on a Supercross track a while back. Do you think we'll ever see a women's class in, in one of the Supercross events here in Australia? And, and if so, is it something you'd be keen on racing? I hope so. <laughs> um, I've definitely been all for it. I remember I raced, um, I supported the women's class in the Supercross a few years ago. We, we had like Jessica Patterson and Meg Rutledge and stuff all come over and and a Japanese girl, Sayaka Kashiniro. So it would be really cool to see if we can get that back up and running because, yeah, I would totally 100% support that. I, I do love jumps and triples and stuff. Yep. Um, it is very gnarly, but, yeah, I would definitely be keen because it's um, another discipline that you, you literally just have to stack up and do it. <laughs> there's no there's no backing out in it, but, yeah, it's good fun. So hopefully one day we can get a, a Women's Supercross Championship back on the gate that would be cool to see oh, maybe it's something they can uh, they can add to the WSX so it looks like they're um, yeah they're on a, a good trajectory to, to grow over the next few years so um, I'm looking yeah, forward definitely. to seeing where that goes yeah definitely um, alright uh, before we go are there any sponsors or is there anyone else that you'd like to mention or thank uh, I'd just like to thank yourself for having me on I really appreciate it um, and yeah just that the Ride Red um, all the sponsors involved within that program and yeah just everyone else that sort of chips in a little bit but like I said I am doing off my off my own back so but yeah no really appreciate your time and thanks for having me on no it's absolutely my pleasure and um yeah best of luck this weekend and and for the rest of the championship you can add another one to the list maybe (laughs) thank you very much no we'll see about that I'm gonna you know try my very best that's all that's all you can do really so yeah really appreciate it uh well good luck and uh yeah thanks for coming on thank you very much and that just about wraps up our first episode of Inside the Helmet with our guest, Maddie Brown. A massive thanks to Maddie for coming in to chat. Motocross fans will get a chance to see her and all of the other superstars of Aussie motocross in action this weekend at Round 5 of the Penrite Pro MX Championship in Gilman, South Australia, which will be streamed on the Pro MX website and broadcast on SBS On Demand. Don't forget to check out our website, www.mentalformoto.com, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you like what we're doing, want to share any more thoughts or feedback related to this episode, are interested in coming on as a guest or supporting us as a sponsor, please reach out via the contact form on our website or DM me via one of our social profiles. A big thanks again to our sponsors, Death Grip Gloves, Works Racing and Wolf Building Compliance, and to you people for listening. Until next time, see ya.